Hey there, small business owners. Welcome to the Tax Talk Podcast, the premier business podcast aimed at unlocking your unique potential. I'm your host, Jared Pollan, and I help my clients do three things. Find common sense business solutions, minimize tax and maximize profits, and preserve your legacy. Each podcast episode will dig deep into an everyday problem that small business owners face, and most importantly, explore solutions to these problems. Are you ready to solve problems? Are you ready to keep more of your hard-earned wealth? And are you ready to preserve your legacy? Let's get to it. Welcome to episode seven of the Tax Talk podcast. Today we are hitting a subject that's usually not on the top of people's minds, but is a important one to have a good concept and a good grasp of, as it just kind of is one of those inevitable things that comes up, irregardless of who you are or what you got going on in life. And that topic is looking at helping out if you are named a, an administrator or a trustee of someone's estate. So I'm sure you've heard the saying before, you know, there's two things that are inevitable in life, death and taxes. Unfortunately, those seem to be a fairly uh, consistent truth, but uh, dealing with you know, the unexpected responsibilities that come up as being an administrator or, you know, being impacted by tax or, you know, penalties that come about for misfiling those final tax returns or an estate return. Those are things that can be avoided. And all it really takes is a solid understanding of what it is that you need to do as an administrator when a loved one passes away as far as taking care of their affairs, you know, with CRA, ensuring tax returns are filed and uh, getting that, uh, ultimately that clearance certificate wrapped up. So what is the thing that you need to kind of look at? How do you get started if you are the administrator of an estate? Where do you begin? Typically, what I would kind of suggest to clients, contact CRA, let them know of the the loved one's passing. You know, at this juncture, you know, it's good to forward on a copy of the will, copy of the death certificate. And also it makes sense to, you know, speak to an accountant, whether, you know, the loved one had an accountant or you need to go and seek out a new one, making sure that the accountant is aware of this so they can file the proper paperwork with CRA if need be to ensure that they have consent on the the account as well so that they're able to kind of act as your uh, kind of go between with CRA that'll uh, that'll help reduce a lot of stress off of your plate and just allow that accountant to kind of better do their their job going forward so tax returns in Canada how do you prepare that final return? 
So typically in Canada, when someone passes away, all of their assets need to be reported on their final return at fair market value. So this can result in, you know, a significant amount of tax. If that loved one has, you know, some property with crude gains, uh, you know, real property such as, you know, farmland, that type of thing. Um, stock portfolios, if they, you know, purchased stocks a number of years ago and you've got a, a significant accrued gains there, um, as well as, you know, RIFs or other retirement plans as well. Those need to be kind of taken into consideration at uh, their fair market value. So it's important to kind of have an understanding of what needs to be gathered as far as information goes to ensure that the accountant preparing that final return is able to you know, get all the right documents together and get all the information onto that return to ensure no incomes missed because that can result you know, in some of these bigger penalties down the road. So if someone does happen to pass away, what are some kind of deadlines that uh, you might be looking at? So if your loved one passes away between January and October 31st, then you have typically until that April 30th of the following year to file that final tax return. Again, if you've got business or farm income on that return, you've got uh, a little bit of extended time there as you would normally see. And then if the loved one passes away between November 1st and December 31st, then you've got six months from the date of death in order to be able to file that final tax return. So one return that kind of comes up on occasion, but is probably not seen by a lot of people and not, not used too frequently, is a return called the rights or things return. And basically what this allows is if your loved one passes away, he or she was due some income, say from you know, a salary, a bonus, um, you know, some commission income. Very rarely you might see some CPP or OAS, just depending on the timing of the payments. And then sometimes some farm or business income that was earned prior to the date of death, but it wasn't paid out until afterwards. You can use this special return and it basically allows you to file two tax returns and it enables you to access the personal tax credits for your loved one a second time over. So if this type of income situation does come up, it can greatly reduce the income taxes on that final return if you're able to uh, get some of that uh, income that was you know, earned but received after the fact, put onto that second tax return and take advantage of you know, another round of those uh, personal tax credits. So I know a question that comes up with a lot of individuals that come in here and are discussing, you know, estate returns for their loved ones is, you know, am I going to be compensated for the time that I spend, you know, dealing with my loved one's affairs? Because it is a very involved process, you know, beyond contacting CRA and preparing the final tax returns, you know, there's a whole litany of 
things that you've got to take care of, you know, closing out bank accounts, shutting down utilities, you know, the list is probably endless depending on, you know, what that individual lifestyle was like. So, yes, you can be uh, entitled to compensation. Usually it's important to kind of look at the will to see if there's any direction as far as uh, compensation goes. Um, each province has their own stipulations and kind of guides the, the compensation should there not be any specifics in the will. And I think the big thing to kind of keep in mind is if you are receiving compensation from the estate, that is going to be income to you. And the estate is then going to have to register for a payroll account with CRA. They're going to have to prepare a T4 and remit income taxes and CPP on your behalf. So there are certain circumstances where it makes sense to kind of take some compensation if you think this is going to be, you know, a long drawn out affair. Um, maybe you're not a beneficiary in the estate or you're a minor beneficiary, then, you know, it might make sense to, to discuss this with the beneficiaries to make sure you are being compensated for your time. If on the other hand, you know, you're the administrator and maybe you're the sole beneficiary of this estate, maybe you're a, an only child and it's, it's your last parent that has passed away, at this juncture, it doesn't make any sense to take any compensation because whatever the residue in the estate is after paying, you know, any taxes and probate fees and those types of things, that's going to come to you anyways. So there would be no reason to set up that payroll account, remit CPP, pay taxes on money that's going to come to you tax-free anyways. So what happens then, you know, if you get into this situation where you can't just file that final tax return, you know, something comes up where you need to, you know, have an estate return going forward. So a T3 return or a trust return is typically required when the estate has tax payable, has disposed of um, any capital properties, or has provided a benefit uh, in excess of $100 to a beneficiary for, you know, maintenance on a property or that type of thing, or it has uh, income or uh, profits allocated out to those beneficiaries in excess of $500. So we typically like to see, you know, if at all possible, um, getting that you know, that estate and that final return just wrapped up right there, not having to go into the necessity of having to file that T3 return because it creates a lot of extra administrative costs, accounting costs on our side. And, you know, it may or may not be beneficiary, you know, beneficial to the, uh, the estate and the beneficiaries. So sometimes, you know, if at all possible and the estate's fairly simple, Say someone passes away, they just have a few, you know, bank accounts, some GICs, something of that nature that's just generating some simple interest. You know, typically what we'll do is, you know, allocate the income to that date of death and then any funds received after the fact, say on those T5 slips, then we just get the beneficiaries to agree to report their portion of that income on their applicable tax return 
And then that just kind of simplifies the whole process. You can get uh, those returns filed a bit quicker and you don't have to deal with the, the hassles of that T3 trust return. And then lastly, you know, what is a clearance certificate? So these can kind of be twofold, both of which applying to a tax return. So when you file that final tax return, it's important to file the correct paperwork, TX-19, and that is a clearance request form with CRA. And essentially what you're doing is saying, CRA, once you have assessed this final return, please provide you know, confirmation that all the taxes have been paid up to date for my loved one. And then at that point in time, you can then go ahead and distribute assets out of the estate. Same kind of applies to a, a T3 clearance. If you need to go down that road with the estate, you would find, file a similar uh, kind of uh, letter and form with CRA to, to get clearance set up on that. And basically you wanna do that as the administrator because if you are distributing these assets out of the estate prior to getting that clearance certificate and any you know, subsequent reassessment comes from CRA down the road and there's additional taxes owing, then you as the administrator are gonna be liable for paying those taxes. So it's important to protect yourself get that clearance certificate ahead of time before distributing any of the assets. This can be difficult sometimes as, you know, there might be family members that are keen on getting their portion of the estate as quickly as possible. So as the administrator, you need to ensure that you kind of communicate this ahead of time and make sure that everyone understands that this clearance certificate is very important and it must be received before you are distributing the lion's share of the estate. So in closing, you know, I just want to kind of reiterate that it's important to, you know, understand the responsibilities that come with being an administrator of an estate. Um, it's a very important role to ensure that your loved one's, you know, financial affairs are, are cleaned up and that everything is done accordingly and everything is cleared off with CRA. So ensure that, you know, if you happen to take on this role, whether you've agreed to it or you happen to be named in a will and you're not even aware of it, I would strongly suggest, you know, reaching out to an accountant and a lawyer to ensure that you're, you're covering off all of the, the tax and legal implications of closing out that estate correctly. So, Hopefully uh, gain some value from this one. Uh, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me 403-343-7707 or at uh, jared at rhfaccountants.ca. I'd be happy to speak with you to ensure that uh, you're well prepared to uh, handle that administration of your loved one's affairs and their estate. And I think that's it for now. Take care and we will talk soon.